Oh, I have a note. I have a new song. What's <clears> that? <throat> okay. I've been working on this uh, for many minutes. I need a rodent. I'm holding out for a rodent to the end of the night. It's gotta be bros and it's gotta be rats and it's gotta be fresh from the fight. I need a rodent. That's kind of all. I like it. Just, thank you. Let's put it on iTunes. It's not even iTunes anymore. I just learned. When did it become <laughs> Apple Music? Apple Music, yeah. Did, so I definitely missed it. But what <laughs> year, decade happened? I think it happened in 2018. I'll say like 16. It was actually 2015. Because we're not, I'm an elder millennial and you're like a millennial, but yeah. Do you remember iPods and like how insane they were? It was oh, like, yes. You can put all your music in a little square. There's colors and you dance. And it was, and then and there's some, the, the wheel came out, the wheel, the wheel Clicked. that I, I, I remember. That. My friend being like, you put it on shuffle and it plays all your favorite music. It'll change your life. And it did. And you don't have to change CDs. I, I wish I still had one of my old iPods, but I don't. And I, I missed that piece of hardware because at that time it was quite chunky. It was a brick. When I met my future husband, his hustle was selling iPods to people in parking lots that he'd gotten from somewhere that I don't remember. Maybe it wasn't illegal. It was ish, ish, illegal ish. But I thought that was very entrepreneurial. We love entrepreneurship. Yeah. My now spouse made a living in, I believe, college and after college selling and helping people modify their Xboxes and we hey. like old school video games on them and things like that. So also borderline borderline in terms of legality so yeah i love that we should get them together someday (laughs) (laughs) they'll start a podcast yeah about cats breaking the law (laughs) and breaking the law This is nothing about podcasts or breaking the law. Well, it is kind of breaking the law in the scientific world, uh, but I really want to talk about the um, the AI rat scandal yes. that happened. This is yes. not rat news. This is just, I really want to be dying to talk about this with you. I mean, it's, it's contemporary. It's, <laughs> it's hot. It's happening. It's a hot topic. This was a peer-reviewed article. So yes. like, this, people read it and they were like, this is fine. And it was published. In an the academic t- journal. I know yes. you academics are very serious about that. Okay. The title was Cellular Functions of Spermatogonial Stem Cells in Relation to JAK slash STAT Signaling Pathway. And the <laughs> the yes. it was obviously written with AI. Some of it, it was like nonsensical, but the best part was this giant rat illustration that well the rat the illustration wasn't giant but the (laughs) the rat's genitalia is absurdly large multiple (laughs) multiple ball sacks i guess what's the inside part testicles testicles thank you yeah is is the scrotum yes um but the best part is the (laughs) The labeling. The labeling is so good. It just it says retat and it says testima cells, but tell us tell us the best one, Carrie. Dick. <laughs> That's how you pronounce it, right? Dick. We were debating, I was debating this at dinner with Justin and the kids about how to pronounce this. Dick. Dick. 
You have to get like it's guttural. Pronounce it with a Scandinavian accent. Dude. I was thinking a Scandinavian accent too. We I was doing you remember the elevator at the Boston-based tech company we both used to work at? Yes. And it had like a Swedish Swedish accent. And when it got to the sixth floor, it would go floor six. And floor. it was like hee hee. It sounded like it was saying floor sex. Yes. Remember, this is what Deek is what it says. So it's yes. it says DCK. It's pointing at it's a I think it's a stem, it's meant to be a stem cell. I don't know, but it is, the rat is also <laughs> just vibing, just a rat, just normal. And then the penis is so large, it goes off the illustration. The rat and the penis are the same size, right? No, the penis is like, it goes. Oh, it extends. Taller than, yes, than okay. the, it's, you can't even illustrate it because. Yeah, it's I don't so have it in large. front of me, so oh, it's, I'm it's hard to recall, but I'll I'll pull it up. And yeah. post. I did. We did post it on our Instagram page, yes. so you can re- you can review it there. But this was great, and many people sent this to me because isn't that an like, honor? Yes, it really is. People, people understand what I'm into and what we're into. It's pretty scandalous, actually. Even though it's really funny, because this kind of thing should not get to an academic. No, what was the word again? Peer-reviewed academic journal. It's a journal. Yes. Should not reach a journal level. And there, yeah. there have been moments in the past where people submitted automatically generated articles, text-based, <gasps> and things like that to kind of test the peer review process. Or they would oh. you know, publish articles that said, if you read this, it means I got past peer review and nobody read you know, that sort of thing. So it's, it's not the first time they've tested peer review, but I think this is the first time or one of the first times that something so blatantly non-scientific and non-real made it past. So are you suggesting this was a test or do you think this was a flim flam? I would not be. I don't know. I, I but I wouldn't be surprised if it was a test to see. Oh. Can we can we get AI gen stuff past the human audience? Well, hell, I think they can. And I'm glad they did. So this describes them as um, grotesquely large and bizarre genitals, which I think is a pretty good description, as well as yeah. a text label of Dick. It's also the name of this episode, I think. Yeah. <laughs> grotesquely large. And bizarre. And bizarre. <laughs> bizarre genitals. Well, we'll leave the genitals out. That'll be yeah. that's too much. Grotesquely large and bizarre is the content of what we're talking about, maybe. Yeah. Would you call it explicit? We were trying to, we also were debating earlier whether or not dick was something that would earn us an explicit label. I I mean, we're quoting an academic journal. Yeah. 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 Maybe I'll bleep it when I said dick, but I won't bleep it when I say dick. Bleep it with a rat squeak. Done. See, we're editing as we go. Perfect. Um, Yeah, that was a, that was a joyous, a joyous AI moment i am sure that it's not the last time yay but i hope it is um well i hope it's always about rats i would embrace ai if it was always about rats i'd be fine with that trying to think of what you would call it artificial intelligence artificial rat intelligence rat intelligence is that what you say (laughs) you just put rat between it that's good that's fine i'm creative do you have any news for me Big, big rat news, actually. Well, we all know about rat poison. We're very anti-rat poison podcast because if you give the poison to the rats and they die and then they get eaten by a a hawk and then the hawk dies and it just causes all kinds of horrible problems or like your little dog. It's a food chain. It's the food chain. So rat poison is a really bad thing. 
but people struggle to figure out how to deal with rat populations. Obviously, this has been going on for a long time. So I got really excited when I saw this headline because it also relates to being a woman or a person who has uh, a uterus. It says, studying menopause inspired this Arizona scientist to create open source non-lethal rodent control, which I was very excited about. A, because I don't think anyone studies menopause. It feels like it's... There's Boy, no... don't get me started. <laughs> I know it's a known fact, right? Like, yes. nobody cares, and but she does. Uh, uh, Dr. Loretta... Mayor does. I was like, okay, what's the tie-in? And the tie-in is that she uh, was doing tests uh, about heart disease in postmenopausal women. Bless your heart, Dr. Mayor. And she needed a mouse that had no eggs. They needed like a postmenopausal mouse, but that doesn't exist because once you stop being able to, well, mice die. They're young. They're little. They die. And so she she teamed up with another doctor, Dr. Pat Hoyer, to give the mouse birth control. And then colleagues in Australia. Oh my God, it's Australia again. So she doesn't name the colleagues in Australia, but they called her up and she's like, what if you what if you do this to rats? And they were like, oh my God. So they've made pellets that they can give to the rats that makes them have no eggs or like okay. have their stop producing eggs. And so they don't have babies uh, and that reduces the populations through, but then they can still uh, have rat love. They can still eat garbage. It's just, there's going to be less of them. And then even better, their pilot program is in Boston. Hey. Hey, it's in um, Jamaica Plain, which I watched. A, yeah, isn't that exciting? I'm like, it's all coming together for us. They described Jamaica Plain as um, the center of Boston, which I thought was very fun because it That's is not interesting. Not the center of Boston. Define um, center. I guess if it's part of the city and it's like, it's off to a side, I think. But yeah, I wouldn't say it was the center of Boston. Yes. You know, what's but, really interesting about that is I was yeah. driving home from the gym today. Yes, we know. I... You're a gym rat. <laughs> Ooh, positive. Hey, look Yay. at that. So I was driving home today and saw a bunch of signs in Arlington that said, say no to rat poison. Yes. And there was a picture of an owl on it. And we have an election coming up. I assume that there, I haven't had a chance to look it up yet, but I assume there is some sort of local ordinance regarding the use of rat poison for this precisely the reasons you mentioned. This is a really big deal. So the nonprofit is called Wisdom Good Works. And she says that the pellets are completely organic. I could probably find most of the compounds in your pantry. What the fuck do we think that means? Does she. Is she making it with a lot of chocolate? Yeah. Because that's what's in my pantry. There's something in our pantry that also... What am I control. eating? I don't know. Go to your that's, pantry. That's don't worrisome. Because I eat that's, pasta. Is that okay? I, I, I don't know. I it, that, that one line really disturbed me. Yeah. It intrigued me. I was like, can I... Because I was like immediately like, oh, I want to make them myself. But then she doesn't say what they are. And now I'm just like, what does that mean? Hopefully we'll find out. It, they say it's going to be open source. So once they have the data and they'll figure out how to um, get it, get it to the communities, get apparently people like it's like 17 families in Jamaica Plains are just pitching together to like feed the rats, the birth wow. control pellets. It's very Hopefully exciting. They don't have mood swings. <laughs> rats, rats with hot flashes. It is true that they tell you that birth control doesn't affect your mood, and it is a total lie. Every yeah. single birth control I've ever been on has made me miserable for a couple days or if not a week. And then, yeah, so there's a lot of angsty rats in Jamaica Plain. Yes. Yes. I am not somebody who can do any sort of hormonal. No. Well, don't eat the pellets. Stop I, eating out of your pantry. 
that's the thing. Yeah. What have I been doing? Maybe that's why I'm an asshole. Because <laughs> I've been eating food that I buy. <laughs> I think I we can solved say it. a different word if if you want no. our children to hear this. I don't think. I think we're just maybe that's why I'm a butt. It, <laughs> that's why I'm big stink butt. Yeah. Speaking of owls. This is another diversion. Did you hear about that owl, that Central Park owl that escaped from the zoo? Has passed. Yes. Yes. But I didn't. Yes. It's very sad. So Flacco, I guess, like escaped, lived free for a year. Like he was raised in captivity, got out, lived free for a year and then died uh, flying into a building, which is really sad. But like, what a year. It's kind of a moving story. I think he was like, he's been a chick in captivity he's an adult in the central park zoo he has a year where he's just eating rats sorry guys and like squirrels and then dies because he's in outside of his environment i don't know i felt very moved by that story you know yolo and (laughs) stop eating stuff out of your pantry you're turning into an asshole again (laughs) my husband says that too I, you know, I I appreciate that the the owl probably had a heck of a life and probably yeah. left this this world with with stories. Uh, yeah, about twelve stories that <laughs> flew into. Hey yo, <laughs> you went there. But yeah, I, it's an interesting life. We uh, should all be so lucky. We should win your freedom. Just one though. Just one. That's all. We'd go crazy otherwise. Too yeah. much freedom. Too much freedom makes the workers go mad. We know that. That's what the mama and papa capitalism say anyway and i agree because they hire me i love capital jobs love jobs well that was my roundup of all the the rat-based news yeah it was all that's always stuff going on when I i was thinking about our conversation for today and i went down um a bit of a rabbit hole doing some some reading and some learning and this is a topic that's that's pretty near and dear to my heart. But I have a question first, which okay. is when you were in fourth or fifth or sixth grade or, you know, elementary, middle school age. Yeah. Did your school program have a unit or focus on ancient Egypt? Oh, absolutely. Were you fascinated with ancient Egypt? Fascinated by ancient Egypt. I think I was like, I'm going to learn hieroglyphics. Gonna I'm going an archaeologist. to I'm gonna become an archaeologist. I'm going to, there's at the, um, which one is it? The Museum of Science or the Art Museum? No, I think it's the MFA in Boston. They have like, um, like straight up mummies and like yes. the artifacts, and we would I would go there and be like, "This is it! This is this is the most amazing thing in the world!" Yes, so yes. absolutely, so, absolutely. Side note: Before I get back to the story, I asked my husband this question like seven years ago when yeah. we had first, you know, gotten together. And first five questions that you asked. The first him. five questions yeah. was, "What is your name? Did you yeah. study ancient Egypt in elementary school?" And he said, no, I have no recollection of that. And I said, you didn't have an obsession with ancient Egypt as a kid? And he said, no, I don't know what you're talking about. This is not a thing. And I was like, every student in the country had this growing up. He would not believe me. So I Hmm. took to what was then called Facebook. I said, hey, can you comment here if you grew up believing that ancient Egypt was the coolest thing? that you had to study it in elementary and middle school, 80 people commented and said yes. Yeah. And I could point Tim to that 
and well, say, he, you know, yeah. all these people say you're wrong. <laughs> what a did joy he, that was. Did he what just sleep joy. through it, do you think? I don't is, know. Even one like, of his, like, his best friends from from high school said, yeah, we studied ancient Egypt. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's Justin, possible. did you? Did were you did you also do this? Oh yeah, he gave he gave us a nod and a thumbs up. So yeah, yeah, Tim's bless hit bless his heart. Is that what they say where he grew up? Bless bless. His oh heart. yes, yeah. yeah. And what they say out of there and in in the Boston area is what yeah. the fuck are you doing? Oh, that was nice. I so, like that. You're becoming acclimated. I'm, Although, I'm trying not to be. Uh, maybe I'm confused, but it's still called Facebook. I think the tool itself is the company is not, but oh, yes. you're referring you're referring to the company level, not the not the yeah. app. Well, yeah, My no, I, I suppose it it where I posted it is still called Facebook. Yeah, so I posted I it on Facebook. Confused. Yes, okay. no, that was no, that just, was my fault. Okay. So anyway, now that we've established that everybody studied and loved ancient <laughs> Egypt, you know, I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, this was a really fascinating area of study for me when I was a kid. What was the presence of the rat in ancient Egypt? Because I remember, like, they are famously cat people, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> they had dogs. Dogs yeah. were working animals. They would, like, be guard dogs and hunting. And but they, like, they loved their cats. Cats were divine. They were magical. They were companions in the afterlife. So they'd be buried, like, with cat imagery. Their gods with, like, heads of cats. Yeah. They would mummify cats and give them to gods as like blessings or offerings or tributes. But what about rats? What about the rats? So what I found is that in general, they were viewed as pests. And that's because Egypt had a, an agricultural-based economy and society. Yeah. So like rats come in, they damage or contaminate the the kind of grains and plants that that farmers were were growing. Um, okay, so the rats, this is so interesting because not to like sidebar and throw a, a fact out, but reading about the rat birth control, yes. apparently to this day, about 25% of all grain that's transported from the United States to Northern Africa, it was a specific thing she was referencing, is lost to rats. So rats destroy totally a lot. It. Yeah, to this day, which I didn't even think about. Yeah. Which is not great. Yeah, and... You know, some of the the reading that I did mentioned that when rats would get into grains, they would not only contaminate it with the the sort of like parasites or fleas that yeah. that rode on their hair, it would also like introduce mold, which I wasn't expecting because of moisture and things like that. So Wait, what moisture? From like, from I guess rats spitting on <laughs> eating it and they have like the flea is like oh god yeah okay I buy i'm it. drowning i mean i don't disbelieve that rats yeah. make things moist but yeah. i thought maybe there was okay at the very you. least like contamination and yes. like, ruining it yeah um, pee poo poo yeah so so i got to thinking like well if these are viewed as pests like how did the ancient egyptians kind of combat these rats to keep them at bay and uh, protect their crops as much as possible. The cats. That's one oh. reason why they were so like keen on cats is because they would keep the rat population at bay to the best of their ability. Um, this is wild. Yeah. A few years ago, there was an exhibit at um, the Petrie Museum of Egyptian Archaeology at the University of College London. 
Um, sure. And one of the curators wrote an article about the the exhibit. And one of the things that she mentioned, her name was Anna Garnett. She mentioned that in the town of, I believe it's pronounced Cahun, K-A-H-U-N, in about 2000 to 1600 BC, you could actually find instances of homes and buildings and rooms where they had like tunneling and holes in the walls from rats like burrowing oh into them. And they would use uh, like stones and trash and clay and all sorts of things to plug those holes. But one of the other things that they found in these homes was a rat trap. Ooh, an and ancient rat trap? An ancient Egyptian rat trap. And they were made of like ceramic or clay or something like that. They looked like the ghost traps from Ghostbusters. Like kind of like a, a little box. Like a box with a flap on top. Is yeah, yeah. Like in a handle. Okay. And it had a trap door. I wasn't able to find like a video of how it worked exactly, but like I I saw a picture of it and I was like, that's a Ghostbuster trap. (laughs) Well, the design works. It works for centuries and even for the paranormal. That is so, but of like, of course, like, of course they'd have to do something. And it's like, so they've been solving this problem. We've been trying to solve this problem like with a trap that looks like that for all this time. That is so interesting. Yeah. And the cats being the, like, of course, that the that's the reason. Yes. It's we a reason, I should say. It's a reason. You know, we put our cats to work, too. Like, yeah. when they, like, that's what cats are for, is for killing rodents. Crowd control. And for being cute. Yeah. They're the, the bouncers of the rodent world. <laughs> <laughs> so that in- infers that they would let some of them in. The ones that are really do think, well Do you think your cats would? Yeah, my cats don't work very hard. They just play. You can, no. in fact, when they find a mouse, you can just you hear the mouse going beep 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 beep. Like as it runs, and they chase it by the door, and you're like, "What the hell was that?" And then they that's a good try. They're playing, and one went in Mabel's boot once, and then she put her foot in the boot when the mouse was still alive, and then she was traumatized forever. I would be too. Yeah, but that's neither here nor there. Egypt, they're just like us. And one of the other ways that they're just like us is. There are also at least a few instances of mice and rats being regarded in a positive light. Ooh. So much like we have an ambivalent relationship with rats, you know, we, we as a society often as a society, kill them, absolutely. view them as vermin. Yeah. Our bias is very clear. Yeah. Our personal <laughs> bias. Researchers years ago discovered a mouse burial inside of the sarcophagus of an Egyptian priest. In the third millennium BC, this was written about in an academic article that was presumably written by humans. Okay, um, thank you for name. clarifying that. Yeah. I, I apologize to the authors if I mispronounce your names. Hanna Vimazalova and Zdenka Suvova wrote this piece in in anthropology a few years ago, explaining what they kind of perceived and analyzed to be the purpose or meaning of this this mouth burial. So the mouse burial that they talk about was discovered in 2007 by a, a Czech archaeological, excuse me, thank you, exhibition. You know, I'm not going to let mispronunciations sit. Um, so <laughs> I appreciate that. Discovered. I in- <laughs> sorry, I was like, I can't pronounce anything to begin with. So I appreciate you putting that little touch of doing of my best, keeping things real on. Yeah, here. no, this is great. Okay, 
So it was discovered in a region of Egypt called Abu Sir South. And again, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing these names. I do not have fluency in, in this language. They found the skeleton of a rodent that seemed to have been placed and arranged in the sarcophagus deliberately. Ooh. Because the thinking upon finding this skeleton was like, well, maybe it just got in there. You know, it's trying yeah. to find food or something like that. Some of the reasons that they articulated and that they described that indicated that this was purposeful, it was wrapped in linen. So oh. like kind of gently placed. It was placed between the priest's knee and a wooden staff that he was buried with. Um, okay. On the side, which, not like yes. between his knees. I right. Thought, yeah. Or in so his it mouth. wasn't like yeah. burrowing in a particular yeah. place. Right. Um, so the hypothesis is that whomever buried him placed the mouse with him because it would be needed in the afterlife. There was also no evidence that there had been like entry or ingress into the sarcophagus that the rat or that the mouse would have uh, had to do in order to get in there. So the question becomes why was the rodent buried with him yes. given the meaning and the sort of like oh these rats are ruining our grain and stuff like that some symbolic meanings to note mice were associated with fertility and oh. renewal and rebirth according uh, to this this analysis okay i can do see wanna, it do you have any inkling or guesses as to why probably because of how quickly they perform uh, rodent love and produce rodents, new rodents, and because they are a fun toy to give to your baby. One of those I, I like that. Yeah. I think that the former is probably the one likely answer. Yeah, I agree. But in addition, Ooh. apparently when, when the Nile flooded and when the soil became saturated with water and when the sun was really bright out, Mice would flee and emerge from the Nile in massive numbers. Oh, my God. So because that was a moment in which, like, all of this vibrant life was kind of coming to life and the mice, like, just charged on out of the Nile, they were like, mice are renewal and fertility. This is like the rat plague, but a positive rat yeah. plague. Yeah. This is fabulous. I mean, it's kind of that's it's a bizarre image because it's like not the rats leaving the sinking ship. It's the mice swarming to the grain piles of yeah. uh, a fruition. That's yeah. really wild. Also, I want to see that because I bet it was freaking hilarious or yes. beautiful, but uh, bizarre. Yeah. But all the that's all these, you know, Egyptians were just like, ah, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> the mice are coming again. It's like a real, like, best of times, worst of times yeah. situation. The weather's yeah. great. The soil's <laughs> fertile. But there those guys are again. So many guys. <laughs> Look at those little guys. So here's here's another piece of it. that This blew my mind. Mice and shrews, as a result, became associated with, according to these authors, once again, the solar cult. What? And, like, the sun god. And Was that like raw? That because they... I think, you know, well, for somebody well, who really well, liked yeah. ancient Egypt in fifth grade, I, you know, I really dropped the ball. We better get this. If we get this wrong, we will definitely be cursed. Uh, gonna, Justin, can you look up the sun god, please? I think I think you're right in Ra. I think um, I'm right. Right. Rat. 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 Yeah, I think I'm rat. So, okay, cool. But so they, they became associated with the sun god because they would come out when the sun was shining and the soil is fertile and all that stuff. 
But yeah. because they are nocturnal, they represented the nocturnal aspects of the sun god, which, of course, became associated with one's journey into the afterlife. Oh, so yes. they're viewed as sort of the ideal companion to have with you when you are, you know, you've died and you've been mummified and yeah. you're your sarcophagus, you're beginning your journey into the afterlife. That is cool. It makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Because they have a, the sunlight brings the mice. They have all that sunlight and their energy. You, they guide you through the darkness. This is my relationship with rats in my mind. They, I mean, they have great vision. They have great in, vision. In the darkness. They have little tiny paws and claws to... They're fast. Agile. They're fast. Yeah. This is really interesting. So why... Well, you wouldn't probably know this. I, I should ask the people who wrote this paper. But why wasn't this used more? Like, why was this particular priest the one guy or girl or person who got the, the mouse friend? You know, it's it's a good question. And, and I wanna, yeah. the way they end the the... Their analysis is by saying, like, well, we don't actually know. We only yeah. have hypotheses as to why this priest was buried with a rat. They said, or a mouse, I should say, excuse me. Um, they said maybe it was a pet. Um, maybe it was a companion to bring along the journey into the afterlife. But, yeah. you know, of course, we can only speculate. But there are these multiple layers of meanings. You know, it, it, these are at once this pest to eradicate. We have our cat guardians you know, keeping the rats and mice at bay. But on the other hand, we have this, you know, symbolic and powerful meaning attached to the mice of ancient Egypt. But now I want to like read the story of the priest and his little friend who was a mouse. The priest's name is Neferinpu. Good name. Yes. Good name. I haven't found much else about him, but I do know that he he lived in ancient Egypt in the 24th century BC. So yeah. long, long, long time ago. The tomb again was discovered by by Czech archaeologists. Are they still digging in Egypt? Or is it all these done? specific ones or people generally? Yeah, people generally. Oh, yes. Yeah. We all decided it was not a, not okay to take dead people from other countries and put them in museums and stuff. Uh, I believe there are still archaeological expeditions, but more for re research than for okay. the display. And I, yeah, my understanding is that a lot of them are, you know, sanctioned by the Egyptian government and conducted in ways that are far more uh, appropriate than what we have seen in the past by way of like, you know, colonizing forces coming in and bringing these artifacts out to their home museums and things like that that's good i you know i think it's i remember reading something about like grinding up mummies to make to drink i think they drank mummies victorian england victorian england i'm looking at you that sounds gross but i buy yeah. it i don't know why that surprises me that people are still like archaeologists yeah that and they're still i mean i guess there's more stuff to discover specifically about why this man had a rat a mouse friend yeah but we'll yeah, never I mean, know. The, the rest we'll of the so the the story of of this priest Neferinpu, he was, happy. according to the the sort of write up from his bio, I think from yeah. the Czech Institute of Egyptology at Charles University, so potentially associated with the archaeologists. It says he was a king's confidant. He was Ooh. overseer of the judgment hall priest of the goddess of justice Mat, royal herald and priest of the sun god Ra in the hey. sun temple. 
So there's Ra again. But around around the sarcophagus were uh, 10 beer jars, (laughs) which is classic. There were some other vessels that were symbolic offerings of food and drink and things like that. I'm imagining now this is like a person who has a mouse who started talking to him and giving him advice to talk to the pharaoh and he can't handle it. So he is drunk all the time. I like um, that story. He loves the beer. It keeps him from going crazy that the mouse is talking to him. And everyone's like, what's up with the priest and the mouse? And yeah. he can't tell anybody because they're all going to be like, that's not that's not normal. But then the cats are always trying to kill the mouse and he's trying to protect the mouse. It's like Ratatouille, but uh, <laughs> with beer and a mouse and without cooking. And, and with he, he yeah. died at 50. That's a pretty good age, isn't Which it? Is, For, yeah. Yeah. It, I don't it, know. I'm just assuming that we live longer. I don't know why. It's rude. It is Ageist. for that time. Okay. And I'll I'll send you, and we can post this too, um, yes. some pictures of the the mouse. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm that they, so they found, excited. As well as a diagram of where it sat in the in the sarcophagus next to the priest's mummified body. And, but they actually, they have photos of this, this small creature. That is um, dope. As mummified and best best mouse in all of Egypt. Yeah. Want to see the pictures and I want to know what the relationship was right. And I think there is a possibility that this was just a prank. I think that there's a very, the slight possibility where they were like, this priest is, I don't like him. And I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stick a mouse in his sarcophagus and then he's going to have a mouse all the time. When he's, he's going to follow him into the apple. And he's going to be like, oh, man. Although one mouse, that you, you don't mess somebody up with one mouse. No. You, gotta, you have at least a couple of mice. A to fleet. A fleet of mice emerging from the Nile into the sunlight. I have um, one final question related ooh, to this. Great. You, again, uh, reflect back on childhood. Mm. Do you Did you play a game as, as a young person called Egyptian Rat Screw? <laughs> did you uh, no (laughs) did not play a game called egyptian rat screw when i was a child no okay is that a game yeah well really a well-known card game facebook and be like oh fagus says that egyptian rat screw is a game that everyone played and 80 people will be like uh she's an idiot it's kind (laughs) of like war uh but it's it's based on I think it's a com- combination of some other games, but if you Google it, and this is something that I played in middle school with friends and with my brother and and with you know other other friends and things like that. Get it? You're super popular, and you go I to the gym. I have so many friends, and you're f- super fit. You go to the gym. You have yeah. all the friends. Okay. Oh, thank and you, Justin. Justin found it. If you look up anything about this game, nobody knows why it's called that. It's allegedly <laughs> supposed to be called Egyptian Rats Crew. Like R-A-T apostrophe S, not Egyptian rat screw. One word like R-A-T-S-C-R-U-E. I'm dying. But, but why is it like, what is an Egyptian rat's crew? What does that have to do with this game? Nobody knows. Just like the mouse. Nobody yeah. knows. And we'll never know. There's so many mysteries. So if anybody oh. out there played Egyptian rat screw, yeah. knows anything about the etymology of the, the name of the game, please reach out to us because I'm so confused about yeah. why this game was called the way it was. 
especially given the position that rats had in ancient Egypt, which was these are things we want to eradicate generally want to screw them over maybe that's it maybe i I don't i it does it sounds like a tool i thought i assumed it was some sort of screw that you with a you did something more rat or maybe yeah yeah i do love it when the names make no sense eradicate nice uh justin just came up with that it was pretty good i appreciate that i I do like it when the names mean nothing i like when the names are so clear like rat pit which we talked about previously or ferreting and I like it when there's a game called Egyptian Rat Screw because it's just like, we just like rats in Egypt. Let's put them together. It involves Make- slapping cards okay. and claiming Love them. That. And it's it's very much a game of reaction time. Screw but- thinking. Be a rat. Something that's like what, that. I don't know. I'm just brainstorming. I'm say. just tossing stuff. Okay, well, we'll play it. Maybe we can record ourselves playing it. We can write a review of Egyptian Rat Screw. Yes. I love that. Perfect. I, I really am, am sort of keen to understand what does Egypt have to do with this card game? I bet it was exactly nineties. what you said, which is that everyone was obsessed with Egypt. Yes. And I think from, from, the, like, from the first times when they were like, again, is it the Victorians? I don't know. When people were like discovering mummies, everyone's just like, Egypt is so cool. Because they did keep their stuff nice and neat. And it's That's really, true. You can like see it and be like whole mystical civilization with gold and all that stuff it is it is really cool it is really cool that you can like go open a room and it's like all the like literally how they lived yes. or at least what that was important to them and That's what the grave robbers left behind what, the grave robbers. what would be in your tomb Who'd, what would you want to bring to the afterlife with you um uh, snacks <laughs> not from the pantry no <laughs> well i mean what do I care at that point? Oh, good point. At that point, yeah. Um, maybe my switch. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have something to do. Can I have friends? Can no, I have, you're can I have, like, not gonna bring your gym with you. Yeah, no, we're not gym. gonna bury your friends with you. So we, I mean, we all hang out. I guess. Yeah, that's. I guess that's not bad. I would have like a communal tomb with friends and family. Oh my god. That I want to be nice. in your communal tomb. You can honey. Can we join <laughs> Carrie's communal tomb? Sure. What? Com- t- communal. Communal. Yeah, I'd bring my Switch too. And maybe we have an Oculus now and I enjoy playing the Beat Saber. I and love fact, Beat Saber. Your husband was trying to help me illegally download uh the mods. Songs. Yeah. Yeah. He's so still, he's still doing that. Yep. <laughs> well, I'm really glad we brought this. I I like this deep dive in rats in an unknown environment i think that's really cool there's a lot of stuff that people know about rats that they can swim for three days that they can fit through a quarter-sized hole that is like sort of general rat knowledge but i like that we're looking at things that are you know maybe experts haven't even studied but speaking of stuff that experts have studied i have one last um thing to do with you which is uh a little quiz for you so PETA recently put out a, a statement that we should stop using the, the term lab rat because okay. it's speciesist and it is unwittingly uh, promoting testing on animals, which I actually totally agree with. They wanted us to stop saying kill two birds with one stone and start saying feed two birds with one scone a couple years ago, which I live. I think it's great. I do it to this day. So in honor of that, I thought we could play two truths and a lie with some recent bizarre rat based experiments. So Perfect. two of these are. Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's do it. Um, you know the rules to yes. a real one is fake. I'll just read you the headlines and then you will tell me which one is fake. And and then if you win, you win a box of craft 
crackers that you already have in your pantry. It will make you infertile. Number one, rats can drive tiny cars and scientists find they actually like it. Two, if you give a roof rat a parachute, it will jump just for the thrill, study finds. Three, in a Jedi-like feat, rats can move a digital object using just their brain. Hmm. Which one is fake? I'll guess the second one. Do, do, do. Oh, that was very fast. So you think it's if you give a roof rat a parachute, it will jump just for the thrill study finds? Yes. You are right. That is the fake one. They don't Hell yes. have they don't test parachutes on roof rats. And roof rats are actually black rats. That's where our really? ratus went. They went to the roof. And the Norway <laughs> rats went to the cereal. Well, congratulations. You did a good job. Yeah. And those I um it. But we do know for sure that rats get pleasure out of driving cars and um that they can use their memory to move digital objects, which are both no, I'm jealous. I yeah. wish I enjoyed driving. <laughs> <laughs> Although maybe well, it's just because we drive in Boston, which is I was gonna say, which is famously obnoxious. Location-based problem, I think. Yes. yes. Don't worry, we'll we'll break you in soon enough. Live here five more years and you'll be like one of us. Yay. Yay. Oh shit. <laughs> I made a mistake. Can I do a correction? Yeah, we're still recording. I was rereading the article and I projected onto scientist Loretta Mayer that she was a doctor, Dr. Mayer, but it appears that she does not have doctor in front of her name and therefore is scientist Loretta Mayer, but she's also a CEO of the company I mentioned. So I just wanted to say that and apologies. She's still sorry. I gave you a better title. I mean, is it better? I don't know. Do you feel better being a doctor? I feel weird. Is that better? Anything. I don't know. 